Hi. Hello. How are we today? How are we all? Mind Gold episode eight. Eight, yep. I was just thinking, what fucking episode is it? And then, good, well done. We're close to ten. Yeah, eight is close to ten. We've got a special episode for ten, but we've also got a special episode today. And for episode nine, and all of the episodes have been quite special. They've been special, Absolutely. We're on location. We are. We're at our Dominance MMA in Bentley. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's pretty cool. Here. Oh, why are Just we here? Just decided to. You know what? <laughs> why not? And this is the first time we've had no animals in the room. No animals. So yeah. we're hoping for one. like. <laughs> besides Murray. Oh, it's Murray. Oh, it's Murray. <laughs> there he is. And uh, I guess that's a good time to introduce our guest for episode eight, Murray Ballenden. Yo. The uh, head coach at Dominance Bentley. That's why we're here. That is why we're here, because that's where he works and is most of the time, I most assume. Of the time. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, good. A little bit, little bit jaded. I was thinking today after the most common question I reckon I get asked by people is, what do you do during the day? You know, because we only see you here at night. And uh, um, I've been going since 530 so the brain's a bit... Oh, my God, same. I just yeah. did have a fucking energy drink at the gas station. Like, I had to sit in the car outside the gas station just before and be like, yeah. you can fucking do this. You can talk for an hour or that's half like, an hour, which is your like, preferred time. Yeah, that's like parent styles. Um, nah, it's all good. Um, so, yeah, just energy drink. I was thinking this the other day. I got an energy drink. And every time I get an energy drink... You I look feel, too, you look too I big to do jiu-jitsu big. anyway. <laughs> She turned those guys. <laughs> a guy just came in and we just turned him away. There's so much going on. There's a cop that's pulled a car so over the crust of the street. That's in an effort car. to promote Murray and his business, we had just turned a potential customer away <laughs> by having a podcast and being like, no, we're busy, bye. <laughs> Mate, he could have been the next fucking like, <laughs> jujitsu champion of been. the world. Uh, hopefully he understands. <laughs> yeah, well, priorities, mate. Yeah. Come yeah. on, it's... 10 to 5. What do you yeah, think walking into open. a gym? Yeah. yeah. We are actually yeah. officially open. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Opening hours yeah, on the was... website, guys. Go there. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, how, how I know, I, I guess best way to introduce my how I know Murray is through uh, the strong room. I didn't meet him on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so we've stopped that now. Um, We've stopped meeting guests on Tinder. Well, I'm not on Tinder anymore, but I could go back on if we do need more, for sure. Maybe. But about uh, Bumble. Yeah, oh, there's a new yeah. one called Hinge. Maybe that would have some good guests. That I'll just put that in my bio. <laughs> uh, so you up with the play with these <laughs> All these apps. Yeah. I've, I've not used Hinge. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, known Murray from the Strong Room, head coach there. So I've known him for a few years and now followed him over. To his uh, new gym, yep. uh, BJJ gym here, Dominance in Bentley. So the journey continues. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I remember, I remember you coming in and fe- and feeling like because uh, you know you used, you used to train at Frankston with the hardcore crew. Did you? I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's my stuff. I still, I I kind of felt like it may have been me projecting my own thoughts on you, but I I felt like you came in with a a chip. <laughs> you know. Doesn't sound like me. Maybe no. Something. How do you? No. Maybe James? Maybe, maybe something's approved. Maybe not. But also, also not very open to, um, not very open to advice. Oh. 100%. Oh my God. Is this a James roast episode? This is fantastic. Then, also, uh, sometimes his, his, his clothes are funny. 
every time he walks through the door here, our front of house girl's like, I really like those clothes. I really like that jacket. I like that like, color. Uh, yeah, no, like to be color. fair, James does dress very well, but for some reason I always tend to take the piss out of something he's wearing. I don't know if it's like jealousy that I wish I was as fashion forward. He's fashion forward. Yeah. You are fashion forward. But yeah, the, uh, I, I remember just like slowly trying to feed tidbits and, and leave you to your own devices and, and hope that that was enough that... Uh, I knew there was a turning point where I'd just give like little bits and obviously it was beginning to work for you. How long did this come, process take? Uh, you know, maybe a couple of months. Oh, you, okay. You, you yeah, start yeah. start coming and going, Actually, what should I do with this? I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd give him a bit more and then, yeah. No, I, de- I Became def- one of the most, uh, uh, one of the people most interested in what my blabby mouth has to say. Yeah. So, Still am. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, de- that was definitely the case. I knew I came in thinking, I got, this. I know more. <laughs> I know everything. I know a lot more than, <laughs> yeah, just a little bit, but it was, it was a very quickly, I found out that I actually knew nothing Yeah. in the scheme of, um, of, of, you know, like movement and what good efficient movement is all yeah. about. How much more, how much easier and more refreshing is it to just admit that, you know, fucking nothing. Oh. It's so much better. Well, you know, it's one of those things, simple but hard to do. I've just started doing it. Someone will ask me a question, I'm like, I literally have no idea. It, it is like, refreshing. It's easy. It so much better than to, uh, making up some bullshit and then yeah. getting found out. Yeah. 100%. It dissolves yeah. your responsibility. Exactly. It does. Yeah, yeah it yeah. dissolves your responsibility. Yeah, it's true. It's sort of like a lazy way out too, isn't well, it? Uh, a little bit. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Well, Sometimes yeah, it is, but could... then also you make yourself look like a fucking idiot a lot of yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah I've, I've done that many times on the mat too. Like, I'm like, ah, oh, let's do this. And then I walk away, I'm like, like oh, fuck. What the fuck? I've s- like, action. <laughs> and I have to go back and go, I'm sorry, I did a really sh- I've done this quite a few times. I've done a really shit job. Let's come back and You know what? But how good is that taking accountability, though? I've started doing that recently where even if something's like a little bit my fault, maybe not entirely, I'll be like, it's my fault. Sorry, guys. I fucked up. And like, it's just so freeing to be like, I'm not blaming anyone else. I'm just going to take responsibility for this. Yeah. And it's like, that's okay. You're allowed to, you know. It's it's that concept of owning it. 100%. Yeah. Like uh, Jocko Willink talks about just it own it own everything and if everyone has that attitude of owning it then things are just going to work out I also like yeah for um, sure uh, John Wills had a big influence on uh, he's like the head of the Shard organisation which is what we're under and he's had a big influence in terms of my way of thinking and, and approach to Jiu Jitsu and I like how he uh, he's got a lot of values around time and time spent and you know I've seen him say many times you know the whole idea that time time spent is indeed time that's actually been spent you know like at your aka never get it back again and i feel sure. like um that's reminded me a lot when you're having a shit day or whatever it may be and you come and do either one-on-one stuff or a class uh that it really doesn't matter you have no idea how much sacrifice the other people have made to be there financially or time-wise or what and you uh, it's that whole ownership and owing, owing them the i suppose the respect of delivering a good product yeah. yeah yeah that's awesome and such a good business model as well like giving people that knowledge that you give a fuck about them individually 100 percent. is that is that something you developed 
like have you had that mindset for a while or have you developed that over the years and now maybe I, I think um, I've always uh, I like certainty <laughs> yeah. so oh my god I, I love certainty <laughs> I uh, like it's like my um, you know mumbo jumbo Tony Robbins that kind of stuff yeah, like yeah. doing one of his core needs oh uh, the, the six basic human needs yeah, like how fucking interesting is, is that interesting yeah that my, like my number one is certainty me too which I knew so I'm like yeah I like it to be I, I love that uncertainty is also yeah. one of the needs yeah. because it's so true because if you don't have that variant and as much as we like routine and we like everything to be the same that gets so constrictive as well yep. so you kind of need a curveball thrown in there every yeah. so often even though you don't want to admit that you do yeah, yeah it's weird I think that's competition for me I mean jujitsu yeah. as a whole covers both of those aspects in fact um, it Every single one. I was trying. I've been trying to write uh, some ideas about my values around it because we've been we're looking at them for uh, the dominance webpage and putting together the dominance values. And it kind of went into a side project of me trying to figure out my own. And then when I realised when I'd written them all, essentially what I'd written is that, in a nutshell, is that jujitsu fulfills the six human needs for me. Like. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, the, so from the time perspective thing, it's a, it's like it's a certainty thing. Yeah. You know? And you say you're going to be there at ten o'clock, so you're there at ten o'clock. And I, I think I've always valued my time, so I've uh, always done my best to value others. Um, and it, it's just, it's just, you know how every now you have epiphanies, but you keep on having epiphanies. That's just one of those things. Stuff he, stuff John writes is like. A, it's you've seen it and done it before, but it's just like it's another mind gold moment, you know. Yes, oh. mind gold moment. There you go. Yeah. Makes sense. Mind yeah. gold you know, moment. It's like a refresher. Yeah, I've got to get back to that and put more effort to into respecting others' time. Yeah. yeah. So how did you? Because you were doing jujitsu and then you did other things and then you came back to jujitsu. Because I met you through CrossFit when yeah. James and I used to take half our clothes off and run around <laughs> at the strong room. Training, just to be clear. <laughs> and you did weightlifting, obviously, coach weightlifting, were a weightlifter yourself. Yeah. Um, and now you've come back to jujitsu. Yeah. So could you, like, maybe go into that journey a little bit, how you came back here, and I guess why you've decided upon this to be your main focus? Yeah. Um, honestly, it always would have been, had I had the balls to just make it that way. Um, but finances and or lack thereof and putting myself in a in a financially risky position has always been a massive fear of mine because because it's always been tight um so like i moved to australia deliberately to try and get it was meant to be a stepping stone to the u.s i just never made it to be better at jiu-jitsu and like you know everyone who starts at young wants to be um a champion of some kind so like that was the main aim and halfway, halfway through the track, uh, through the, uh, I suppose, journey, I got, um, I got destroyed by chronic fatigue, which made me um, start investigating, I suppose, things more health and fitness based. I was already doing PT though because it was 
I was doing a lot of strength and conditioning for jiu-jitsu. Oh, okay. And then people started to ask me questions about it, and naturally, it, well, I was like, oh, it makes sense that I start earning money for this. So I started working in gyms, created a PT business, etc., etc. Um, chronic fatigue and the need to try and actually earn more because we wanted to start a family and, and making it short um, pulled me out of jiu-jitsu. And essentially, I was a depressive, angry fuck for about 10 years until I managed to get back into it. Fuck. Yeah. So you stopped training it all together during that time? Well, yeah, I couldn't. Wow, like, yeah, okay. I, it, talking would make... It's the weirdest feeling. Like, talking would make me breathless. Imagine your legs after a massive set of lunges and the burn that you get. But my whole body... Jesus burned. Christ. All just sitting on the couch like that. But hang on, you were doing weightlifting and CrossFit? Yeah. How? Not, no, I did... The... I kind of did CrossFit before, I feel like before it was called CrossFit, as part of my training for Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, okay. Workouts very, in a very similar way. Yeah. Um, just didn't have a label to it. Yeah. Uh, and then by the time it kind of became a thing, I was cactus. Uh, I took up um, more weightlifting during that time, but could literally only do a session a week. Yeah. And our coach was constantly like, you need to do more. <laughs> physically can't. Uh, yeah, right. Just, despite the uh, despite the hormonal replacement stuff and all sorts of shit that I was on, it just didn't make a difference. Wow. Um, and then eventually stopped doing it. I didn't exercise for about three years at all. Um, slowly began to get back into it. And while I was doing that, I started teaching more CrossFit style classes, dominance, limited equipment. But again, similar methodologies, just not under that term. And that's where I met Peace. And he was oh, like, and then you know, started, the started training room. him on and off. And um, he had he's run many businesses and, and getting together with me was one of his ideas. Which yeah. Was cool. That is cool. Um, and then uh, uh, builders eventually ended up putting up massive apartments, as you know, next to yeah. TSR. And it was, uh, I suppose, silver lining because um, we got a nice, you know, a nice payout from being kicked out. Amazing. <laughs> and uh, got to start this place. So, Why did you decide to affiliate if you weren't really, like, doing CrossFit as CrossFit rather than... Like because you know you could have like a general strength and conditioning sort of program. You could, and we often we often talked about that and whether um, whether we utilize the brand or not. Uh, originally, originally we did because of mutual interest and things like that. But also, um, we thought from a marketing perspective it would be stronger. Yeah. You know, and. Every now and then we thought, well, maybe we should just kill the affiliation and see what and see what happens because we might be uh, excluding ourselves from a massive part of the market that would like to do similar style training but are afraid by that. A lot of people are intimidated by it. That's what I found when I was running Monash. Yeah, people just were like, "What the fuck is this? I don't want to do a handstand push up." Yeah. So I think that's where F45 came out of. You know. Oh, but that's. Have you tried that? I've seen. I can't, I can't. I went to, okay, I went to one once because I was, because my job is to create programs yeah. for like general population, like for general fitness programs. Yeah, yeah. So I do like research where I go like yeah. try these things and then I give my feedback 
which obviously has to be like quite diplomatic. Yeah. But I like tried this and I was like, this is the biggest crock of shit I've oh, ever fucking. Man, Some I of can't. The videos you see of what they do. It's yeah. next level. It's the center of our Facebook. I was like, group. why am I doing yeah. flies <laughs> on a bo- on a bosu ball? And so. then and then like a pull up hold. Yeah. And I'm like, no one else can do this. Why are you getting? Pe- no one can do this. I could do it, obviously. <laughs> But I didn't want to because I felt bad and I felt like I was intimidating people oh, with my strength. I think some of the best ones were, <laughs> were um, <laughs> sort of like sumo squats holding a sledgehammer upside down. Because, you know, <laughs> what? it's the appropriate tool for that a sledgehammer. exercise. So holding it, so what, by its head? By its handle. Yeah. The, but, you but know, like, so that the... The bits on, yeah, yeah. the sledgehammer. So, you know, because usually the yeah. head would be up there. So holding it upside of course, down. Like, obviously. Yeah, like Excalibur or something. Uh, and then doing, sum- like, a sumo high pull Like a high pull with, with it. What if they... Um, well, when you are sledgehammering something, it is functional. Yeah. It is well, a function. they bunnings and they drop the sledgehammer <laughs> and they need to put it back on the shelf. It makes sense. Yeah. So it's, it's a specific training plan for people who work at bunnings. That would be great. So it did, is functional for them. Instead of like an F45, you did like a... You did like a functional training where they explain the movement and they explain where it would help you in real life. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Oh, for some reason, it reminds me of uh, just like the complete opposite. Someone coming in there with a t- in the strong room with a totally destroyed shoulder, but fixable. And uh, the latest advice that they found, obviously, putting their hand over their head, the hardest. And the last couple of physios they had been to had said, "It's fine. Just don't do that movement. Don't put your hand over just your don't head. Don't put your hand over your well, head." Well, to like, be fair, Shh. when. <laughs> What sure. the fuck? Ah, blue. I had someone at work today say um, that a deadlift wasn't a functional movement, and I was like, "What do you mean? Like you pick yeah. stuff up from the ground like every day? Like yeah. it's one of the most functional." I'm like, "What do you? Okay, yeah, we'll just let that one go." One thing that um, I kind of got like a, a thought was a bit of a trick question, but it did trick me. <laughs> the first time I got asked it was. Uh, which was many, many years ago, but what's more functional, a deadlift or a bicep curl? And I was like, oh, you know, everyone wants to say deadlift. But then you feel like you should say bicep curl because you feel like it's a trick question. And the, yeah, well... It's like, the, what's the heavier, a kilo of well, feathers or bricks? The guy, a guy was called Mark Buckley and he became like one of my best mentors and as far as strength and conditioning is concerned. He was like, both, you know? deadlift for the athlete or powerlifter or whatever but what if your client comes in and says I want to add mass to my arms mm. functionality of the deadlift well it depends on the zero. intention of the person I mean? exactly. yeah yeah to make it functional yeah exactly which completely kind of kills the idea of an exercise is functional or not because it needs to be functional for the person yeah that's true you know I mean? yeah no that makes a lot of sense Hence the bunnies, like so. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, but flies on a bosu ball might be functional for someone who does. I'm waiting. I, <laughs> I'm waiting. See, it's the boat. The uh, I don't. I don't fucking. I hate bosu balls. I hate them so much. I have a, just an urge every time I like see one to just like pop it with the scissors. Really? Yeah, it will be so satisfying to just fucking stab them all. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, <clears throat> you never thought that when if you walked past one. No, I'm just I'm pretty chilled with them. 
<laughs> so would, uh, randomly to change change. But topic. this was such. This is going in such a good direction. What, what you, what, I've, I've been interested to know what, how do you feel like not doing CrossFit so much anymore and replacing it for uh, martial art and are there? He's pointing uh, at James, by the way. Are there, are there I'm still thinking about the balls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are there differences in? Um, I don't know, uh, maybe value systems and or culture, yeah, that kind of stuff that you've noticed. Um, yeah, it's like, uh, like my, my, it's hard to say, my body, my body feels better um, in terms of not, not loading, you know, not constantly, not constantly being at a thousand percent when training, Yeah. which is usually the case with CrossFit. Yeah. Um, so now I think I'm I'm better at training smarter, and then with the jujitsu, it's like a it's like a good it's like a it's like good to like start back at a beginning level and start to yeah, learn things yeah. technical and that sort of thing. So it's sort of like I guess in a way learning learning something like going back to the, when you're first learning a snatch or something like that yeah. but with the team aspect yeah. with like more people around you and then obviously the there's more variables variables because you you're with someone else mm. you know you're doing it with someone else so mm-hmm. um yeah i guess that's yeah <laughs> that's the biggest thing i i i'm now I'm just I'm obsessed with it. I don't remember being this. I remember being obsessed with CrossFit, but I don't remember being this obsessed with 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 this. Yeah, it's 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 a strange thing. Do you feel like it's a different obsession though? Because I was fucking obsessed with CrossFit. Like it's embarrassing how obsessed I was with CrossFit. Like. <laughs> I was actually telling someone at the weightlifting club yesterday and they were, like, getting me to show them photos of me, like, being CrossFit. And I was like, I'm so, <laughs> sh- I'm so ashamed. Great. Fucking hell. But anyway, like... I did love CrossFit. But, like, um, I found that my obsession with that is quite different than my obsession with weightlifting. And I think that you've kind of hit the nail on the head when you talk about the different values in sports. Yeah. Because... As much as I'm fucking obsessed with weightlifting, I find that it's a completely different type of obsession. Yeah. Like, it's so disciplined and everything is so, um, you know, like, I'm writing everything down, I'm taking notes, I'm going back, I'm looking over my notes. It's very, like, it's a lot more studious and it's mm. a lot more, um, it's like a controlled obsession, if that's mm. even a thing. Like, it's weird. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think, um... Uh, you know the elite the elite athletes in CrossFit would be different but I think most people there's a larger proportion of people who do weightlifting that have an attitude of perfection yeah I think that's what it is that's I feel like that drives it and you're constantly looking for feedback and you're constantly looking for that one percent to get that marginal bit of improvement and I was like talking about it with another guy at the club yesterday because he's like what are you writing down like in between sets because my coach would say like a cue or something and so I'll build like sort of um, like a library of cues around each movement and before I do that movement again I'm going to go back and I'm going to revise yeah. what did he say last time okay I'm going to be focusing on those things again and eventually like you drop one cue because you automatically always do that thing now mm. you know what I mean so it's it's really like so much more than like I'm going to do this workout faster than anyone else Yeah. you know there's just like so much more 
like behind the scenes sort of thought that you put into it and I'm like thinking about it all the fucking time yeah like I'll be thinking chest up like all day yeah yeah <laughs> you know and it's just like focusing on those tiny little details so it's an obsession obviously mm. but I feel like it's quite different yeah it's yeah because it's only for like two two lifts two fucking things crazy. yeah that is crazy. yeah that well going back to before what it is now for me this is a lifestyle like and so now yeah yeah all those other things that I do so lifting weights is for this yeah the runs that I go for I'm thinking about this yeah so all the other training and all the other stuff I do is for for being in here and making me better here whether it is making me better or not yeah yeah and when you talk about your social life and all that kind of thing like or I don't know about you but like I'm very like (laughs) You just remind me of a friend of mine whose wife, whose wife was always like, Ugh. hated going to any any event with the other guys from the club, and he was like a, a throw me the ball, throw me the ball, throw me kind of guy, like super pumped all the time. Yeah. And he'd arrive and be like, fuck, I love it when we get together because I'm like wild, and he goes, I get to talk about jujitsu, and no one cares that I get to that I'm talking about jujitsu, you know? Yeah. And all the all the girlfriends would be like. <laughs> but it's it, it like it's it bege- I can understand others around it uh, their frustration with it because it most people in it get obsessive. Oh, it consumes if it's like anything it like weightlifting, like it consumes, sure. like it consumes everything, and you don't care if the person who you're talking to doesn't even know anything about it. You'll somehow. <laughs> Chuck it in the conversation. That's it's like the, yeah. it's like that's when you that whole how do you know someone does CrossFit? Oh my god, it's a hundred percent like yeah. that. It's like when you've just started seeing someone and you're like a little bit obsessed with them, and you'll be like, oh my god, but like James said the other day, like oh, it's just like that time that James did this, and someone's like, Jesus Christ, mate, like calm down. That's me about weightlifting. I do that, but I catch myself halfway through, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, you don't care. I I do, and I don't care, and I just continue. Uh, so, <laughs> like, I guess talking about it being obsessed with something, and obviously to get to where you are, second degree black belt, you become obsessed with jujitsu. Mm. When you took the time away from it, was it were you frustrated that you couldn't do it, or were you more like I needed to step away and this uh, is good? Or well, I mean, <clears throat> no, it was like one of the hardest decisions ever to stop it. I remember um, the. I kind of initially during the fatigue um, uh, climbing climbing on board, I didn't really know what was going on. And so I would just have session after session of feeling uh, ineffective and spastic, which was brutal to experience because it had been such a long time since I had experienced that. Um, uh, and... I often found myself in the car for no reason afterwards, for apparently no reason, just bawling my eyes out. Um, not because I was packed and sad because I didn't do well, but I was just so exhausted, I'd cry, which was a bizarre, bizarre feeling. I sometimes do that after training, just... <laughs> just cry yourself to sleep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've never cried before. So <laughs> In your life, ever? Never. <laughs> Man, he needs to open up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I didn't actually realise how upset I was. That I mean, I knew I was pissed and depressed. But you know, my good my good friend, probably my best friend and business partner, Dave, 
um, who runs the run to HQ in Richmond. Uh, I remember he'd come over and be like, you know, I've got a team going to Worlds. This guy's coming out and teaching a seminar, whatever it may be. I just spent two weeks with, uh, you know, traveling, trained with Cron, trained with these guys, and and he'd uh, he'd leave our house, and I'd be like, fucking boom, slam the door, walking around the house like just. You, just a grumpy prick, and I didn't act, I didn't understand where it was coming from. Um, but I was always pissed pissed off whenever he had been around and left, and it was just me being a jealous prick, like because, being FOMO basically. Yeah, yeah, FOMO because he was living the life that I wanted. And I, yeah, but fuck. I didn't I didn't feel like I had um, the health, the time, or the resources to do it. So it would just kind of compounded not not his fault at all it just brought brought to light how I was feeling regularly anyway yeah so um, I mean I tend to hold on to things for just a little bit too long <laughs> so uh, yeah that yeah. took a few years to get over I reckon for about five years yeah right um and then have in and outs, like it occasionally come back in and train for a couple of months and try and smash out a competition or or attempt to train with the best guys and then end up completely broken because... Would you just kind of go all in rather than... Yeah, exactly, yeah. rather than building back into it. Um, Is there like a rhabdo of jiu-jitsu? I don't know, I reckon <laughs> there's life, just a... Rhabdo, rhabdo of life. It's yeah. a jujitsu is interesting in that if you like, if you do a really hard workout, you can feel obviously like muscularly, etc. You get pretty sore, but jujitsu is interesting in that you can often not feel muscularly sore at all, but it just feels like you've been steamrolled this way and then that way, and then everything hurts. <laughs> yeah, but it's like. I can't kind of pinpoint what it is or why it is. Like a deep internal, I've just been, my soul's been crushed. I understand it. I totally it's, understand this. It's like, as well, <laughs> the signal from your brain to the muscles is like delayed. <laughs> you're like yeah. that tired, you're like, you drive home and you're sitting out the front of your house and the thought of getting Do you out cry? of the car. Is that when you cry? So you never cry. <laughs> <laughs> the thought of getting out of the car and walking inside just seems too hard. Yeah, yeah. Like, it sounds like you need to cry, if yeah. anything. Fucking hell. Yeah. Crying on the inside. <laughs> yeah, interesting thing. So, how did you... How did you come back from that? How did you bring yourself back to that, and I guess... Um, I got really stuck into, um, you know, doing stuff at TSR. Yeah. Um, though, I've... Uh, I didn't feel like it was the right environment, though I know a lot of other coaches did. I never felt like it was the right environment for me to jump in the class. So I was always training by myself. And plus, I had, by that stage, I had a little bit more interest in um, in pursuing perfectionism, shall we say, with weightlifting. And kettlebells were a massive, like, I was kind of obsessed with those as well. Yeah. Um, so you know that slowly built me up, and uh, and I think one thing I discovered is that I'm really shit at uh, moderating how much I do. So I get to a good state, you know, I'm feeling really good. Flog myself, yeah, die for six weeks, yeah, 
build myself up again for another four months, die for six weeks. And I'd do that two or three times a year. And I think it took me a good few solid years of that, which was by the end of TSR almost, to, uh, um, I suppose, have learnt the message of moderation. Dude, how long does it take to learn that? I think we're all, we've all done that, right? It's basic, was it? Does that come from, like, a mentality of, like, I need to be tough? I need it, to be... It used to. Yeah. Like, I try With competition, um, I had... And I think some of the old-school mar- martial artists kind of drilled it into me as well. You're sick, you train. Yeah. You're injured, you train. Um, and if the weather's, you know, like a dog's breakfast... I remember going out running one time in Christchurch randomly and having uh, my, uh, it was a horse frost and having frost on my eyelashes. Hang on, a what? What's a horse frost? It's not what you think. <laughs> um, but it's a, Don't you know say it's a New Zealand thing because I've never heard no, 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 that in my you know life. How you usually have frost on the ground. Yeah. The frost goes up the trees and on everything. Where'd the whore part come from, though? I don't know. It's just some weird name. Don't look at me. I've probably pronounced it properly. Sorry. Whore's Frost, guys. You heard it here first. And only here. Because it's not a thing. Uh, Murray just made it up. Sounds like a... The fuck is a Whore's Frost? I'm going to look it up right now. Look it up. I think it's H-O-A-R-E-S, I think. But, you know, not unlike me to be horribly wrong. Whore's Frost. Am I right? Hang on. Oh, God. I thought I'd been saved... Horse frost. Um, it's a horse. <laughs> Why does it say? What? It's no, it's not even a thing. It's not even on the internet. Oh come on! It's I'll made it up. It's not on the internet. Like it's not even a thing. I'll find it. Oh, like or do you mean horse frost? Horse, like a fucking horse. No, not no, like a it's horse not. No, guys, he's made it up. It's not even a thing. And it's not. There you go. Horse frost. James, so keep talking so they don't know that we're just on our phone. Horse frost is going to come up with a strip. Oh, hoar frost. H O A R. A deposit of interlocking ice crystals known as hoar crystals. Again, H O A R. Formed by direct sublimation on objects, usually those of a small diameter. Oh, look, and then there's another one. The effects hey, of cold. Check it out. There's a picture. Oh. oh. So it is a thing. It is a thing. Horse frost. Anyway, if, so, if anyone's learned anything from this podcast, yeah, it's going to be frost. Frost. Mind gold it's moment beautiful. from Murray. Horse <laughs> frost. I, like I can't so remember what he was, was talking about, no, to be honest. It, like the idea of um, just when you're trash. Well, that's one of the main yeah, things yeah, that yeah. drove me into the ground, too, is just work ethic. Yeah. You know? um, didn't matter how tired I was or how I felt. It was like, if I push myself now... I know, uh, well, my belief was that very few people would put themselves through the same thing. So when, you know, <coughs> competition day came or whatever it was, I'm like, I know I've, I know I've done what's necessary. I know I'm ready. Yeah. But it was just too much. Yeah. yeah. Too much ready. I think as a trainer as well, it's really easy to... Like when I was a full time trainer, you know, like you'd start work at like five thirty or six AM and you wouldn't finish till like uh, eight PM or whatever and you'd have to train yourself at some point during yeah, the day. It's, it's fucked up and you'd end up working like six, seven days a week for like weeks on end. Yeah. You know, so it was that burnout 
is just a part of it, a part of the lifestyle. Yeah. And you kind of wear it as a badge of honor, like, oh, I haven't had a day off in fucking three months. And it's like, yeah. you fucking crazy cunt, just have a day off. Like, what's wrong with you? But you're like, no one else does this. I work harder than anyone else. Yeah. It's like, yeah, good job. And you're fucked. Yeah. Well done. I think that's why it has such a high drop-off rate, like 70%, I think it is, in the first two years. Really? I think a lot of that is because people go, you know, I'm going to work, I'm going to start my own job and work my own hours. And then a client comes and says, I can do 5.30. And you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, like, I can do Sunday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was like that, 100%. No, I work full-time for the council. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was also, I think, like a, a thing with that is it's, it's never measured. It's all always whatever you're doing, hundred percent, yeah. or, or or it's at full hundred uh, percent, yeah, or it's not a, like it's not enough. Um, you were the first person to introduce me to like training sub maximally, yeah, and looking at heart rate and things like that, yeah. And I think that's been that's been pretty helpful in terms of being able to sustain training a little mm, bit longer. Mm. That was a, a massive concept for me to get a hold of and um, and apply to, whether it be, you know, like CrossFit-style training or um, just basic road work or jiu-jitsu. Yeah. People would ask me for ages, what are you doing wearing a heart rate monitor while you roll? But it's useful. Yeah. It shows you what each session's useful. like. Otherwise, you just... Otherwise, every session just turns out to be the same. Do you know what I mean? And you have no... If, if you're time poor and, you're, and your activity requires... Like, you don't have time for extra conditioning, you've got to get that from your activity. You know what I mean? And you can think about, like, oh, I'm going to work harder tonight. But sometimes you feel like you've done it and you've done jack shit. And other times you feel like you're going to have a cruisy night and all of a sudden the level lifts up and it all just ends up being blah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you need it needs to be kind of programmed specifically as well. Like for weightlifting, I don't have a day like you know normally like Monday, Wednesday, Friday would be like my heavy days, and then Tuesday and Saturday would be like more of a back off day. Yeah. And I don't rock up on a Tuesday, and my coach is like, "No, you're maxing out today." Be like, "What? Yeah. That's not no." And my body wouldn't respond well to that. Like my body is used to having like a back off day on a Tuesday and a Saturday, having a rest day on a Thursday and a Sunday. He's not going to randomly be like. Oh, no, you're training six days this week. Like, that's just not... But before, when I did CrossFit, that that was me, 100%. Like, I tra- would train every day. Yeah, I trained yeah. twice a day. Yeah. Like, I was fucked. Brutal. And yeah. people would say to me, I'm fucking myself up. Yeah. But, you know, as until you find that person... And, and like you said with James, when you first met James, and, you know, maybe he didn't take on board what you said 100%, but as you guys got to know each other... I knew everything. But you know, but I was the same, like 100%. And people who knew more than me would give me like quality advice. And for whatever reason, I was just too stubborn to like yeah. accept that they were right. Yeah. And now I look back and I'm like, it's really lucky that I didn't get adrenal fatigue or something like that from how much I was overtraining. Mm-hmm. But it was super detrimental to my body. Like I didn't get my period for like a year. I was just oh, constant, so you've done a good job. constantly fucked up. Now I yeah. get it all the time. Well, like a normal person, you know, <laughs> once a month. <laughs> Everyone, I've got it right now, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Anyway, uh, well, there's so many, um, there's so many tools <laughs> now. I think you know you you really highlighted to me the tools that you can use to to really sustain that level. You know, to 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 basically 
make sure your body's not going into the red all the time. But mm. still, I remember the first few times we were training sub-maximally and I'd just look at you after a workout and be like, is that, is that it? it? Yeah. You're like, yep, it's cool. I'm like, oh. But then how good yeah, do you feel the next day, right? Good. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. Constant I've got change. deload week next week. I'm like, Amazing. oh my god, I'm going to go to fucking yoga. Yeah. I might even get to hang out with people during yeah. the week. Actually, have a break. I might actually get to do something other than work and train. Yeah, like. But, but um, in contrast to that, when you when you monitor your heart rate and you see yourself go up and get a high heart rate, like especially with some runs I go on where I'll just be like, fuck it, I'm just going to run as fast as I can, and I'll finish it up. 165, 170 beats per minute. I'm done. I'm yeah. done for two days. Yeah. But if I train, you know, 150 or lower and I'm monitoring that and staying there, next day I'm sweet. Yeah. Good to go. So, yeah, it's a very interesting tool. And then another one you introduced me to is uh, variability. Yeah. Do you still do that? Um, no, because training's kind of yeah. a bit all over the show for me. But... Uh, as soon as I knuckle down and put my um, like set my eyes on a competition or something like that um, it'll most likely be a competition that makes me do it again because I know that will make me pick up my training more than anything else and make me you know like in hard sessions make me work hard and uh, something that I feel like lets a lot of people down particularly me because I mind uh, I mind fuck myself with competing at blows your conditioning level out of the water already you know yeah so i i feel like uh i gotta put in that work to be fit enough to push for the entire time which <clears throat> i'm often not <laughs> yeah well, that's headspace uh, i think more than like, there's always the there's always the way you know the way you see other people and the way you think they are and then when you actually sit down and have a conversation with them it's like a very similar way to how you feel about yourself yeah yeah in terms of you know you look at them and say hey they're this person they're so focused about this and this and that and um you know it's it's interesting talking to um elite like world champions and things like like that and finding and they're them saying I'm not going to name names, you know, but the the people that you, like, heroes that you worship, basically, they're in the bathrooms, like, <laughs> vomiting, crying, like, and I remember Drysdale actually saying, like, grown, grown men crying in the bullpen or just outside of the stadium before they're about to go, and, like, world champs, fully losing it. Fuck. But then they go out and do... The thing that amazes me then is that they, they, they still go feel out and that perform. and they still go out and do their business. Crazy. I think that's what perform it is, though, is what makes a true, like, competitor is, like, feeling that intense fear and somehow just managing to fucking overcome yeah. it, like, whether yeah. it's in the ring or on the platform or whatever it is, because yeah. everyone gets that, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I think there was a... Um, I think... Well, oh, I'm going to destroy her name if I, I think it's Kirsten Elmo uh, who's a, a downhill like a, a stunt skier you know jumping off heli skier jumping yeah. off cliffs and stuff like that and we've spoken about resistance a lot yeah yeah and one of her things I think it was like suffering is equal to discomfort times resistance so the idea that uh, you know if your discomfort is level 10 which 10 out of 10 which it would be for me with competing 
and your resistance to that discomfort is a 10, your suffering is a 100. You know, your resistance to yeah. it is one. Yeah. Your, your, suffer, your suffering. You sent me that quote the other day. Well, the, yeah, yeah, that quote. That's and fantastic. I was telling Murray that quote. It's so good. Then, um, yeah. That. It's true. It's very true. Suffering. It's not, the su- it's not the suffering. It's the resistance to the suffering. So if you have that certain level of acceptance and like, yeah. I know I'm scared, but I'm going to use that, yeah. you know, to my advantage. It's so much easier. Oh, I'll let you know how I go next it's weekend. So when I, fuck, I am competing next oh. weekend. And then two weeks afterwards... What's the comp? Um, I'm doing the interperformance um, oh, yeah. one, and then it's the VWA Open oh, cool. a couple of weeks after that. Yeah. Fucking let's get it. <laughs> Fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I'm so keen. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be great. So now uh, I guess you're at this place now with the gym, and you've got some plans, obviously. Into, like... Personally, team-wise? Well, you don't have to go personally. You can go team-wise, but <laughs> some goals and some plans, I guess, for the gym and for yourself and competing in the future. Um, or are you just sort of at a stage where There's going to be a cafe. To... We were just talking about that. Yeah, yeah. That's a sweet yeah, goal. We're fucking sitting in the space. It will be the cafe. cafe. Yeah. Um, I'll be amped when the cafe comes along. Uh, I've, uh, you know, I mean, I feel like a lot of people doing this sort of thing would like to have a killer competition crew and all the rest of it and uh, I mean it'd be a nice aside I'd like to have some people competing but um, more more important to me than that is just people enjoying themselves here and uh, it, the place having a good vibe and a good and, and people and a good culture and so that it's kind of tangible when people walk through the door you know well you definitely had that at the strong room um Yes, yeah, cool. You know, people like people were intimidating. People were always really friendly and polite, and yeah. you had that vibe walking in. It wasn't like this scary place. And I suppose this is kind of similar to CrossFit that it is a sport that people maybe don't understand a hundred percent and yeah, are intimidated and you're in each, by. In each other's faces. And, yeah, yeah. So cultivating that like environment is so important. Yeah. You know. So other other than that, like as an ongoing goal, it's just being. Uh, teaching myself to be a good leader in these realms, uh, in this realm, and um, and producing a, a a team that feels like a team. Yeah. Um, other other than that, personally, just because uh, like whether I do well in it or not, I know I will probably I will get back into competition, and I'll probably always compete, if not for the experience on the day because I actually don't like it much to be honest um, the it's the stuff beforehand that gives me the biggest growth and uh, right now I'm kind of gra- grappling excuse the pun grappling with the question <laughs> of uh, well done. why I actually do it yeah like why I actually compete and I, it previously was entirely for me um, just to see what I was capable of and then I and I used to do really well. And then I I started doing so well that everyone would be every competition that came up, people would be like, "Oh, you'll be competing." And I'm like, "Yep." Yeah. And they go, oh, "You're gonna smash it." And at that point, I started going because it became not about the me. expectation was too yeah, high. It was about, about like, external oh, validation, fuck, kind what of. What happens where? What happens if I bomb? Yeah. What are they all gonna think of me? And I just couldn't shake that. And so then it became like a really like 
being someone that's experienced a lot of anxiety, it became something that tied into that really strongly. Yeah, that's so like I really sign hard. up for the comp and just go, boom, big adrenal dump. Like fuck, it's three months away, but I'm already shitting my pants. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm only slowly beginning to regain the it's for me thing. Yeah. Um, and trying to get out of that, you know, that you, we talked about suffering and resistance and blah, 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 but getting away from that idea of uh, trying to conquer the, trying to conquer the fear or conquer the feelings um, because that just creates resistance to it, right? Yeah. You're fighting it. Mm. And that's what I've done for the last... That's what I did for the last... How, before I stopped, just after I got my black belt, all those competitions last from purple to black. I was, like, trying to fight the feelings like a maniac. And it just never worked. Occasionally, I'd be like, ah, oh, it's hopeless. Just do it. And then I'd win. And then the next three competitions, I'd be like, oh, no. And I'd lose. Yeah. Know? And so I'm trying to get back to that place where, that, like you said, accepting the... That I'm shitting my pants and going and doing it anyway. Yeah. yeah. I think like some really good advice I got with competition was that you compete to for it to put a spotlight on your flaws. Yeah. So that you, that you then learn how you're going to get better. So it's literally just like a stepping stone mm. and like, oh, you failed that lift because of this thing. Yeah. Now you're going to go away and you're going to work the fuck out of that thing. You're going to fix that thing. The next competition you might miss another lift because you did something else. Now you're going to fix that thing. That's a good little. Uh, so that's what I think. Way of putting like, the the phrase. I like the phrase. Forward. But it's yeah. I think what you're saying before too about how it, it, the benefits you get coming into it because your focus becomes a lot more like narrowed in on on I guess getting better. Yeah. Or even the focus becomes amplified. Yeah. Because you're working towards something rather than just sort of you know floating in and out of training sessions yeah yeah and it helps massively because i mean most people don't improve at shit whether it be weightlifting crossfit jujitsu because they just show up and train yeah. yeah which um i'm beginning to claw my way out of after starting the place and being focused on other things but uh, i think that's just it's such a just a clock in clock out mentality yeah so you get so little from it. You got to. You need to show up with a focus. That's like, why writing the I'm diary is good because yeah, you've got I your feedback you on that. You've I got your feedback. Oh, the yeah. AAR, the yeah. after action review. I, do I don't do that anymore. So good. I used to do it all the time. We How helpful like, is it? Massive. Yeah, yeah that like self-assessment loop. Yeah. And that keeps you fueled, and you don't have to have a competition because you've got like this whole list of no, fucking. Yeah. You're competing against you yesterday. Wins, you know, I'm going to pull higher than I did yesterday. You know. Whatever it is, yeah. yeah. Well, mate, thank you. Just uh, we're going to finish with um, a couple of quick questions. So yeah. The first one, Dude. if you could, yeah. Have <laughs> oh, we already pre-discussed our questions? Just, uh, just, just little, um, just fun little questions. So, mind gold moments. Could, I think we'll call them now. If Thanks, Tamara. Go back to yourself at twenty and give some advice. What What would you say? Ooh. Uh, That's a good one. <laughs> oh man I think I've got um, two uh, one which is potentially a little airy fairy and I've only kind of learnt it in the last couple of years but uh, um, I uh, tell myself to invest more in learning to understand feelings <laughs> because 
being a typical male, I've been shocking at them. And literally only in the last few years have I started to kind of unpack that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it does a lot of different things in terms of um, highlighting your flaws, but also helping with having the courage to say, say things that you normally would just kind of shove. Well, like we were talking yeah. about before we actually went on air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. About just having honest conversations with people. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Who I never. Oh, <laughs> that's right. The second thing. The second thing would be uh, slow down. Yeah. Slow down. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. That is a really good one. And that's what I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I find the monotonous things that I do in my life, like just getting out of bed having a shower putting my work clothes on I'm constantly rushing like yeah. I don't want to be in that moment because I know I need to be somewhere yeah. else I brush my teeth and put my shoes on at the same time yeah. skills eh sometimes <laughs> yeah. sometimes I leave so little time to get to Richmond to teach class in the morning I'm brushing my teeth in the car and then I'm like where do you spit what do I do with it so I just hold it in my mouth for 20 minutes literally because <laughs> I've had moments where I'm like I'm doing it and it goes out the window and then I arrive and it's just all down the side of the car or wow it's for me it's not even because I'm in a rush it's just that I don't want to yeah me too be in that moment but I'm, I'm not thinking even in a rush. more about that yeah that's like it's yeah, ridiculous those moments just even those moments slow down yeah be in the moment just yeah yeah that's a good one I like that yeah. Nice. Um, final question. Unless Sarah, you've got another question. Oh, I'm loving this. <laughs> he's don't know where he's come up with these. No, I just thought, yeah. Um, <laughs> Go for it. Add a bit of production value. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do- <laughs> <laughs> Almost every podcast I've listened to like this has had like some quick fire questions. Well, that's so where I got like, it from because be I've always got them. Question. No, well, I said to What's James your, ages yeah, ago, pizza or burger, we like, need pizza or burger. We need to come up with like a question that we ask yeah, every yeah. guest. So we went back and forth about a few and then what all of the ones we came up with. Something about going to the moon or something? I don't know. What's Hawes Frost? That's the question. (laughs) (laughs) No, like we couldn't come up with one because it was going to be something like something mind goldy, but we couldn't come up with like a good enough question. Um, So we We don't. didn't really put time into thinking. To be fair, we didn't. We did drop the ball. Going to the moon for some reason. I see my uh, high school. You know how you have your pick done at the end of high school? (laughs) Yeah. And I had long hair, which looked fucking terrible, you know, like this, with my ears getting push, pushed out by this stack helmet of hair and a cold on the day, which made me look like Quasimodo with one eye fucking up here. And the other one there dribble all over my cheek. And my friend, I said to my friend, I don't know what I'm going to write. And he said, uh, can I write something for you? And they were meant to review all of them. And somehow mine said, oh my God, you know, there's this guy looking like this, like a... You know, you guys. And it says, Murray's waiting for the coming of the Millennium Falcon and is planning on joining the Goonies. <laughs> and that's like immortalised in your high school yeah, yeah. yearbook. Exactly. That's amazing. Oh, that's good. Oh, it was going to be like, what, were your, what would your headstone say or something? Was that one or was that yeah. one someone... No, hang on, that was one someone asked me. Don't no. worry, we don't want to steal their question. Yeah, no. We'll yeah. come up with another one. Um, if someone was going to start Jiu-Jitsu, what's some advice you'd give them? Where would they train? Uh, <laughs> Dominus Bentley. <laughs> um, oh, just do it. Uh, just do it. I mean, I think uh, a lot of people are kind of... The biggest 
the biggest um, impediment I think for a lot of people is just the confrontational aspect of it. Yeah. Um, but much like CrossFit, once you walk through the door, you know it's completely it's completely the opposite. It's yeah. weird because uh, I don't think there's any other any other kind of system of training where you can essentially try and beat the shit out of each other. Mm. Um, but in a way where no one gets hurt, and at the end of it, you you feel closer to the person. Yeah, you know, there's there's more of a bond created, more friendship. Um, there's hugs and claps and choking. Right? Yeah, and choking <laughs> and snapping limbs at the same time. But you know, I mean, like there's this full full silverback style aggression. Yeah, and then. But I think it's that that helps build the bonds. Yeah. So just look, look at. We'll take it back to what I said at the beginning. You know, this six human needs. Jujutsu covers it all. <laughs> what more could Cer- you want? Certainty, uncertainty, significance, growth, contribution. Done. All here at Dominance yeah. MMA in Bentley. Yeah. And if you want, you can cry in the car afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> With me. I will be. <laughs> Thank you so much, Murray. That's You've good. been you, Murray. fantastic. Oh, you're more awesome. welcome. Thanks, Thanks for getting James to listen to yeah, yeah, if you. Yeah, listen. Yeah, yeah making him the person that he is today. Oh, yeah. What a legend. Yeah, it's all, <laughs> it's all, all because Murray. of Murray. <laughs> Sorry, James's mum. <laughs> Thank you, Murray. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thank guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Done. Bye. Bye.